0: The Dirt Reporters podcast for the week of June 14th. And guys, oh, I'm Derek Kessinger, I first should say, alongside these beautiful, good looking reporters of Kevin Kobach, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden and Kobach. Uh, when are they going to switch uh, Eldora Speedway to Davenport uh, Boulevard, Davenport Track, Superman uh, Raceway? Uh, This guy has been on an absolute tear since the Dirt Late Model Dream. He has eight crown jewels, nine if you count the Intercontinental since, you know, 2015. And then it's the last uh, since 2019 World 100. I think he has six or seven. Uh, He got to the lead. He held off a late charging Chris Madden in a, you know, kind of a one lane racetrack. But all in all, he made the right moves. He got lucky in the heat race and capitalized on it. But JD is just absolutely filthy and unstoppable at Eldora.
1: So not not unstoppable, you know. He, well, he Brandon Overton did win the last three dreams, and he'd never won the dream uh, outright. You know, right, crossing the finish line first. J- JD hadn't because his first one was back in 2015 with uh, the Bloomquist disqualification. So this is the first time he actually won the dream. Uh, you know, with the checkered flag uh, flying over his car. But uh, but yeah, that your 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 story your your premise there is pretty good. Uh, it was pretty uh interesting. I think Pete Kitty was the one who pointed it out uh the other day that someone went in and changed the Eldora Speedway Wikipedia page to say owner Jonathan Davenport. Make a little joke. I don't know if that's still on there. Probably he's been taken down. But uh, people do that sometimes with Wikipedia pages, and and it's uh kind of appropriate because he's uh. Uh, just such, I mean, less than a, less than a decade now he has all these wins. It's not spread over 20 years, you know, and, and then you have a guy like Chris Madden who can't get that one over 20 years, you know, one crown jewel, uh, but that De- Matt Davenport just keeps doing it. He knows how to win. And that's, that's the, the big thing about, he- I mean, he obviously loves Eldora. There's a lot of guys that love Eldora. He loves Eldora uh, and he comes there with just this great mindset. I don't know, maybe it's helped that he has one so many that it just like, he, he's not like overthinking it because he, uh, has one in his, has so many in his back pocket already. Um, but he, he just goes through the, you know, goes through the weekend and, and, and doesn't let things, I mean, I think he broke a drive shaft the one day, uh, during, right after a uh, qualifying, uh, he comes back out, qualifies, um, makes it in the show, gets himself set up perfectly in those first couple nights. Uh, and he just takes advantage of everything that happens. I mean, track rubbered up, yes. Uh, but he was already there. He didn't, he didn't, uh, you know, a lot of times he'll just, you know, back off and kind of wait till the second half of a race. Something told him. He has a sixth sense at Eldora. Something told him to get going a little bit quicker. Uh, he got to the front before, uh, you know, Chris Madden did. And that was the, the key to the race when it took rubber, you know, a little before lap 40.
0: Yeah, and since the World 100 of 2021, he's won at four straight weekends uh, at Eldora, you know, counting the million, the World 100 double, and then obviously the World 100 last year and then this year. Uh, Robert, have you seen a dominant streak or just like era at Eldora? I mean, if you look back at the numbers, maybe Scott Blomquist, maybe Jeff Purvis for those World 100s, but he didn't have the dream to work off to as well. But to have this many wins – in just such a short period of time just just says something about J.D. and Superman and his race team.
2: Uh, uh For sure, to have uh, this kind of record in, like you said, in, in such a short uh, frame period. You know, you look at Purvis, who's, you know, arguably, arguably, you know, top five, top three driver of all time. He wasn't there long enough really to, you know, he had those seconds. He had three wins over like four years or something like that. So you look at a guy like that, what could he have done had he stayed? See, that's that's the problem with with Jeff Purvis is that we don't we don't know. Uh he wasn't, you know, sure his percentages are there, probably maybe even as good or better than Davenport's. I'm not sure, but but he just wasn't there long enough. You know, didn't have the longevity in dirt late model racing at this point to make the argument you know really for him you know P- bloomquist yeah he's got the numbers uh moyer he's got the numbers but they're not what bloomquist won like do you win the dream like every other year for a while right something like that um you know as don't he see. was on his way to i i guess eight so you know i don't think you look at moyer's numbers and you look at bloomquist numbers Those numbers are spread out over a long time. Um, JD's is spread out over like 10 years, nine years, you know, 10, I guess, whatever, how long he's been going there. I'd have to look and see, but not, not as long as people would think. So, I mean, I remember racing against Jonathan Davenport in like, I guess, 2007 and 2012, maybe with some of the Ray Cook stuff. And you know, even Jonathan Davenport, was just a, he was good, of course. You know, he was just another racer, you know. And now he's just – he's a superstar and has a le- legitimate shot to be the best ever in our time period, you know, and I'm going to say my time period because that does cover Scott Bloomquist and Billy Moyer, the best ever at Eldora Speedway. So, uh, you know – the numbers speak for themselves about how good he is at that one track. And, and he's good everywhere. 15, he went on. And I always look at back at 15, 2015 and I, I think to myself, did he, did that, did that win? Cause he wasn't running great. He wasn't running. He wasn't just off the charts before that, that dream in 2015. And then it was after that dream, it kind of catapulted him into this another stratosphere and I think to myself: Had he not won that, would he have still had the season of seasons? You know, because uh, Scott might was arguably having a really good year that year, and had he not been light, it might have been him. We'll never know. Again, again, one of those things we don't know. All we had have, all we know is what's in front of us, what what the results we have, and the results we have right now is Jonathan Davenport is pretty damn good, you know, at Eldora Speedway. And I will throw this out. That's why, to me, and nothing is JD, but that's why I really do not, I don't like seeing the Dirt Track World Championship at Eldora Speedway. Hell, I'd rather him go back to Pensboro. Talk about one lane. Let's go back there. Uh, you know, because he's just so good there. Uh, it's, you know, you know, his eyes just, lit up when they said that they were gonna run that race there right i mean it was just he was just like a a kid at christmas you know three crown jewels at his all-time favorite track where he's really a lot of times you have people like this is my favorite track but they're not all that exceptional there they're good but not exceptional he is exceptional at eldora so now you've got three crown jewels there three opportunities there for him to really make some noise. and like you said Purvis didn't have three opportunities bloomquist didn't have three opportunities bloomquist I think took advantage of the opportunities he had as did Moyer but uh but now JD's got three opportunities I mean he could really he could really do some writing in the history books here coming up
0: right those first you know 30 35 laps kobach was there live they were phenomenal you had guys racing all over, Pierce, Ziegler, uh, Hudson O'Neill got up to second there for a little bit, and then here comes J.D. and Chris Madden charging late. Then, unfortunately, you know, the second half of the race kind of got rubbered up in one lane. Um, Kyle, it's funny because J.D., he wins so much there now, he's starting to get boos on victory lane during driver's, you know, introduction. And, two, I feel like maybe if, you know, Chris Madden won it on a track condition like that, that would be the storyline. Unfortunately, J.D. has won so many times there, if he left Eldora, that wasn't necessarily the storyline. It was just how the race panned out those last 50 laps.
3: Yeah, sure. And it's, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty rare, honestly, I feel like to see a race of that length, the race of that caliber, you know, just to be so, just to end kind of the way it did and not the result with Jonathan Davenport in victory lane, but just how it like rubbered up what the last 60 laps. Right. I mean, that's, that never happens in our sport at that level, you know, that caliber race. So, um, yeah, I mean the, the first kind of takeaway was, is obviously disappointment, you know, from a entertainment side of things. Um, and then you add, Davenport's victory on top of that and it was just like well you know like it's the most anti-climatic kind of ending possible for that race to have Jonathan Davenport win in that fashion um and so but I mean also too in the back of Davenport's mind you know as he's probably pushing pushing the issue trying to get up front um you know, he's 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 probably thinking that through too. you know, he probably doesn't have a whole lot of time to make his moves because he's 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 probably reading into the racetrack before it even starts that, oh, man, you know, this thing it's probably not going to have a whole lot of life in it. And so he's going to need to push probably a little harder to get to the front than maybe, you know, if if that wasn't the case. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, Chris Madden comes second again. Um, you know, it's just, just this groundhog day kind of, um, never ending, uh, kind of letdown for Chris Madden at the dream or at Eldora in general. And so, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it's like, we like, I, you would have to think at, at, at some point in time that, you know, on Davenport's stretch here of, what, eight crown jewels and eight or nine years at Eldora nine, if you include the intercontinental classic, <clears throat> um, you know, that the booze would be coming at, 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 some point in time. It all it starts with one person and it kind of sends a ripple effect throughout the crowd or, you know, just people want to see something different, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's like, I remember, uh, I guess the world last year, right? Like when Davenport won the million, you know, I felt like, you know, and I've only, that was my first late model race at Eldora. So I don't really, you know, I'm not the most credible person to be saying this, but, you know, I really felt like the world last year was maybe the the first time that I heard booze um, out of JD's intro, you know, like I just wasn't like, I just, I noticed that, at the world last year, you know, uh, that there were some boos there um, or that the boos had started to come in effect um, over Davenport's run of dominance. So um, I wasn't there on Saturday at Eldora, but um, I'd imagine that, you know, it was – you could definitely hear them. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's certainly on – he's certainly building, uh, as Robert and Kevin mentioned, you know, he's definitely the best in our time best in my time for sure and i i don't think he's the greatest at eldora yet i think that goes to scott bloomquist right now with his 12 crown jewels but he's certainly getting there and he's approaching that quickly
0: yeah the way it's going he'll probably get there by next year just how great he's been and but including he has a lot more chances as robert alluded to uh kovac the last 11 eldora races jd's won six of them uh that's pretty good considering you're going up against hundred cars. The nation's best every single time, but he capitalizes on some good luck. Like this past weekend at uh, Eldora, that first heat race, he's probably going to end up getting third. Brian Shirley gets the flat tire; he ends up winning the heat race, starting sixth. If he gets second, he's starting seventh. But instead of starting fourteenth, he's capitalizing, making his move, and pouncing. But six out of eleven. I know you got some more stats here. That I mean, what do you got for us? Because this is this is getting to be like ridiculous like ucla almost in basketball like he's just unstoppable
1: well i i kind of just like to compare it to bloomquist and Moyer, the two guys that he's really going up against now on the on the all-time you know record charts here at Eldora, and uh and and what's the 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 distance between their wins you know like the 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 time frame And, and bloomquist won his first uh dream in 1995 first of eight dreams in 1995 his last one came in 2018. So that's a that's a pretty, that's, you know, what, 23 years right there span. Uh, his first World 100, of course, came in 88, 1988, when the first time he ever went to Eldora. And his last one of his four came in 2014. That's another long period of time. And then you got Moyer. First, he had two dreams. First one in 1998, second one in 2010. Uh, his six World 100s, uh, kind of comparable to uh, the five for uh, for Jonathan Davenport now. 1991 to 2010 19 years it took him uh you know between the first and, and last of his wins and you know maybe he could maybe we'll get a 70 year old win winning one right yet. Yeah, right oh he didn't qualify oh, yeah. this weekend because he scratched after the first night uh with end problems but uh jd his first time at eldora for the dream was 2006 didn't qualify uh, first time at the world was 2009 didn't qualify didn't qualify for his first three world attempts 2009 10 and 12 finally makes it in 2013 <laughs> and now he's got 10 starts of that race and five wins and only one other top five actually he got fifth in 2021 and he if he, it's like he wins or he's uh not right in the mix so uh at this point so over i mean his first one uh just this in less than 10 years he's put all these together uh and he's 39 years old i mean they'll finally uh be he won't turn 40 until october uh so you have to think that he's got a good i mean moir those and Moira blunquist winning in after 50 years old after they turn 50 they won a race so uh they, they i think he's got a lot of years left to to win i i don't believe that comment he made in victory lane too let's not believe that let, let's let's just say that that remember at the end there he said man if he goes and wins the dirt track world championships one of the last ones he hasn't won of crown jewels anywhere he says maybe if we win that one here at Eldora that uh me and uh he said me and, and Lance Landers will just uh, sell all this and uh, and buy a boat but that let's let's not get crazy i mean uh davenport said he was being funny and and uh lance lander said that will not happen he was very happy after that win on saturday night and and jd also made a point too he goes what the hell am i gonna do though really if i stay home uh all my friends i don't have any friends at home i barely got any all my friends are at the racetrack If i don't go to the racetrack it's not going to be as fun for him he's not becoming a full-time rancher he'll be around for a while yeah uh
0: we have Rachel to take care of the, the the ranch, right, Kovac? So he can still race a few more years until she gets, Actually, yeah,
1: <laughs> talking about that with the ranch, like right yeah, before the feature, the, the guys on the crew. Yeah, well, I mean, she took off and had you know, like uh, I guess her your know, family was helping out and stuff, and it went back at the ranch, and and there was one of the one of the the uh, what do you have the Watusi's there, right? You know, I guess Dude, one of them was yeah. giving birth like right before the feature apparently. Uh, they were both Rachel and Jonathan were on the phone, like back home, find you know finding about what's going on with the uh, with their uh their livestock back there at the farm, <laughs> like so. And, and then he goes out and wins the the dream. Well, they need to name it. Uh, they need to name the new
0: calf the Dream, I think, because uh, perfect <laughs> yeah. timing now to win that. Uh, we can say all you want about Jonathan Davenport. I mean the streak he's going on. He's kind of making everybody immune to the biggie. When you go out there, you're just expecting him or Overton to win. Um, But it just seems like JD's kind of just a little bit ahead of Overton. It seems like anytime he unloads, he's always right there in the mix. I mean, but Robert Holman, the other surprise was – not a surprise, but other big storyline was Chris Madden getting runner-up again. Uh, Chris Madden rallying from the the mid-pack to try to get up there and – you know, get to the win. He gets the second, then the track kind of, you know, takes, takes it to one lane. But he had a funny quote. I was like, you told me in one lap, one beer that your biggest rival ever in racing was Jonathan Davenport. And he's like, I'm like, you guys going like old school a little bit. He, he responded. It was just like a Sunday cruise at Cherokee, me and him duking it out for the you know, for the win there. But what does this guy have to do to get the win? I mean, does he have to sell his soul? Does he get to start at the pole Then he doesn't have to worry about all this? Because there's been some – actually, no, he doesn't have to start on the poll because that one year he had to pull off before he went green flag starting on the poll. So I don't know what he's got to do at this point. But another great run by Madden. And, you know, I think at this point he's immune just to running second and he's kind of just
2: accepting the fact. Um, well, if you really know Chris Madden, you know he's not accepting the fact. Uh, I know. He's not accepting it. I'm you know, uh, joking a little yeah. bit. So – but uh, I have to preface this again with my complaint. About the dirt track world championship being at, El- at Eldora, I would much rather see that race somewhere else. I mean, because now if Jonathan Davenport goes out and wins the dirt track Ch- world championship, we're gonna be like, eh, yeah, he was kind of supposed to, right? He was favored, you know. Not that he's not, you know, one of the top five cars everywhere he unloads. He is, but it's. I just don't think. I just don't think Eldora is as challenging. For JD
0: or Robert, what if, what if Chris Madden wins the dirt track? Do we count that as an Eldora crown jewel that he's been trying to chase for all these years?
2: Well, you have to, that's the problem. You have to now, you know, uh, it's, I don't, the dirt track is still third, by the way. Uh, it used to be second for so long, but Eldora just rose to this such high level uh, of entertainment you know, prominence uh, that the, the Dirt Track World Championship, I think, slipped to third. And I think partially it's, and I'm kind of getting off track here, but I think it kind of partially slipped to third on the list because, because it bounced around all these tracks for all these years. I think had it stayed, uh, you know, in West Virginia, if it stayed over there uh, and at Pennsboro, and they had made that track somewhat racy, you know, where you could where you could get put some lights up and get too wide and stuff like that. I think that that the dirt track world championship would probably still be second, but, uh, just, the the pure entertainment factor, the pure electricity that you feel when you walk into Eldora, I think as, as put the dream, you know, kind of given the dream, a heads up a leg up, whatever on, uh, you know, on the dirt track world championship. So now you bring the dirt track world championship to that place, and it's like, uh, whatever, you know, it's just another, I walked into Eldora, I guess in April for the flow night in America race. And I was walking down through there thinking, God, wasn't I just here? You know, it used, it used to be like really a special deal and it's still awesome. The world 100 is still, you know, cats meow, whatever. But I mean, it's awesome, you know, but you know, I walked into Eldora thinking, ah, just another day at Eldora. Here I am again. You know, uh, so and I didn't, I didn't go this year, and I did miss it. You know, I, I was like, eh, I kind of, I worked from home and and did my job, but I kind of missed it. But uh, but having that crown jewel uh, there is just eh, is is watered down, I think. But uh, but I'm sorry to get off track, to get sidelined. But you know, to your point about Madden. Uh, He's, what, like 49 or 50 now, Kevin? I can't – how old is he? Is he 50 yet?
1: He's 48. Just turned 48 last month.
2: Okay, 40, 48. So he's got nine years on J.D. So his time's going to run out while J.D. is still wide open probably. So he that rival that we're talking about is going to be there for a lot of years. So not only is he now trying to beat that track, but he has to try to beat J.D. We're on at J.D.'s favorite track along with Overton when he you know doesn't crash or have bad luck. So those three I think are, are 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 the the guys to beat when it comes to to Eldora. But then you have these young cats that are are really running good like a Hudson O'Neill and, and Ricky Thornton Jr. that aren't gonna make it any easier. You know? So I, I look at I look at Madden and he kind of reminds me uh of a uh kind of a Daryl Lanigan type, just a guy that really, really runs good there. But just, you know, Lanigan, what, had the one dream, but never the World 100, I think. So he kind of reminds me of in that type of a guy who just, he's really good there, but is he ever going to win this race? And I, I think he will get one. I do. Uh, he's just too good and too stubborn and too competitive to quit trying, I think. He'll keep digging until he gets it. And uh, And it's kind of like, you know, Dale Earnhardt trying to win at Daytona. He's just going to keep digging until he gets it. But uh, he's a guy who you look at could have had three or four of these. Uh, he's that good of a guy, a guy, that good of a racer, and and he still hasn't got one. So, uh, yeah, he's not resigned to run second, I assure you that. he's uh, He he wants that, that win. Uh, if he gets it in October, I'm sure he'll take it. You know, but he's still going to come back wanting, I'll, just like Davenport, came back wanting the dirt track world championship. I mean the the um the dream because he didn't because he ran second in 15 technically before getting the win. Um Madden will come back because he doesn't want an asterisk out there beside it for the dirt track world championship. He wants the two big ones at Eldora. Again, the dirt track world championship still third. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Well, good points there Robert Holman. Uh Kyle just I think the fan base at Eldora is ready for like a guy like Chris Madden or anybody else to win just because we're just seeing these two guys dominate so much and then if, you know, that happens, people will point at other things why they dislike about the thing or just like hey, this wasn't as good as other years. But you can just tell in Chris Madden's voice and I feel like if he ever ever got on, you know, stage crossed the finish line first, that place would go bananas because every time he gets second, you can just just hear in his voice like, "Man, am I ever going to get this?" And I love this place, and I want one so bad. And the other guys that have won the last couple of years, they've won multiple now. So I think Eldora is ready for a fresh new face to win it. Obviously, JD and Overton—they're going to say, "Nah, we'll just keep winning."
3: Yeah, actually, like I did some research over the last before the dream last week. I think over the last five years. From 2018 up up until now i think every feature like a uh, counting all the features that had been ran over the past five years i think a davenport and brandon overton had won um like 20 of the 60 feet or like almost half of the features that had been run at Eldora right um over the last like five years so um yeah i mean that's that's you know the reoccurring theme and you know, like it's uh you know I mean there's a few guys that come to mind too, um other than Chris Madden, I mean Tim McCready, I mean he has an Eldora Crown jewel, but he only has one of them, right, like Bobby Pierce, he's one, but he only has one of them also, like Dennis serves won uh the dream in twenty sixteen, like Brandon Shepard, you know he has his in like twenty nineteen but then there's this like cons- considerable gap between you know, everybody else and, you know, Brandon Overton and Jonathan Davenport. And so, um, and yeah, so like Devin Moran, you know, he comes to mind too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Chris Madden is, is, is head above heels. I think every, everybody else in our sport, uh, maybe Mike Marler, you know, is right behind him um, too, you know, as drivers accomplished, accredited, you know, veterans in our sport that have gone on to win many of, of the sports biggest races, but for like whatever reason, have never been able to win at Eldora. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's been, you know, I kind of compare it like I'm a golf fan too, especially back in Tiger Woods's heyday, you know, it's like, you know, Tiger Woods, he's so good at Augusta national. Right. And, but you know, there's the reason why there's, you know, the U S open is, is, at a different golf course in the British open is overseas. And then you had the PJ championship, you know, all three or four of golf's major tournaments are not at Augusta national. You know, if that was the case, then tiger woods would have won doubled the amount of majors that he had won in his prime. And so as for us in the dirt late model world, it's just, you know, he, as Robertson, now we got three of literally the biggest races in, in our sport at the same racetrack. Uh I don't, you know, I hope that changes here pretty soon. But um, you know, just for the, the the trends of the sport too and and just yeah, let's just get the Dirt Track World Championship elsewhere. But without getting too sidetracked there, um I mean it's remarkable to to really witness what you know Davenport is doing right now. And um, you know, I just think it it as much let down as much disappointment it's caused chris madden i mean his time's gotta be coming right i mean he can't go like he can't go the rest of his career without an eldora crown jewel right like is it too early to be talking about that i don't think it is but um but you know yeah it's just it's 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 ridiculous honestly to in 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 a mesmerizing like praiseworthy way you know not like ridiculous as in like us getting old um you know it's turning away people from the sport i don't think so but um yeah it's just it's i was not nobody was surprised obviously to see the result on saturday there even for me watching from afar and just reading through twitter and highlights and watching all that stuff so or just watching the highlights from saturday um yeah kobach won a
0: million dollars because i bet <laughs> would you take over 10 or davenport of the field so kovac you would have been rich oh yeah i took i took the one of those two i said you could have the field right (laughs) uh what did chris madden have to say to you afterwards i know you're up there talking to him just was he a little better than usual or you know can he like he's probably more po to just how the race panned out with those last 60 laps i feel like
1: yeah well madden is a very he's a fiery guy obviously he i mean when he's uh behind that wheel and, and something happens and, uh, you know, he, he, he can, he'll, he'll let everybody know what he feels. And, and after the, and after that race, when he doesn't, after any race that he doesn't win, he's not happy. He wants to win. I mean, there's a drive, there's a drive in that guy that, uh, that you, you could see easily. Um, he was, I think I was, he was surprisingly, you know, calm and resigned to it. You know, it's almost like a, a point where he's been like, uh, I mean, what I, 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 first thing I said, one of these days, you know, one of these days. And he's like, yep. Yeah, one of these days. That's what I say every year when I come here, you know, and it's, uh, go on to the next one. I still didn't win it. Three straight dream runner up finishes. I mean, plus throw in the million in there too. And uh, two of them behind Davenport, two of them behind Overton. Uh, so it's, it's, it's tough to accept, but he, I mean, I guess really, if he was a, it was a roughhouser, he probably could have got up there and roughed up Davenport. If he really, I mean, if it was like he wanted to win that thing so bad and was like, just didn't care, you know, like one of those, hey, I'll, I'll spin out my grandmother to win the race. I mean, he could have done it. And he could have gotten up there and, and, and gotten into his left rear or something. But um, but that wasn't the way, that's not the way he wants to win. He doesn't want to win like that. And uh, and he was accepting of like, I mean, he knew right at, when he, there was one little, juncture there I think it was lap 37 or so uh when both Davenport and Pierce they sort of stay everybody the top three were close together and Davenport and Pierce both slid up a little bit in four. They, they had nobody had found that rubber yet and uh and Madden comes sliding through the you know turn four and on the bottom I mean it, it was the closest he kept if he could have made you know maybe forced the issue a little bit more if you know that the top track is going to take rubber because right after that it locked down and his chance was over, obviously. I mean, he he knew that Davenport wasn't going to make a mistake. If it was the other way around, Davenport would have known that Madden wouldn't have made a mistake. Those two are are, are genius at, rubber, at racing in the rubber from their days down, you know, growing up down south. Uh, and Sunday that's what Cruz, I think he was. Ricky. Yes, exactly. I think that's why he was very, you know, he, he was accepting of it. You know, I mean, uh, I guess uh, there's worse things than finishing second in that race. I mean, he knows he was right there. He knows a few. Just things would have been a little bit different. He, I, I had mentioned to him before. I think I, I mentioned it in our fast talk last week. I thought, I, I said to him after the race, I, said, I thought like when you and Brandon Overton bumped chess. Remember back at Cherokee, um, back in March when they had that little yep. disagreement, they bumped chess. I thought maybe some of that, like special, you know, that little bit of a, uh, you know, Overton magic might go be transferred to you, you know. And he says, I was hoping too. I was hoping he'd give me some of his, uh, his good luck there. But um, obviously it didn't happen. And, you know, Overton might have gotten some of over- Madden's bad luck the way Overton's weekend went with crashes on Friday and Saturday.
0: Yeah, uh, one day – you always say that, you know, you have one day. It's just like, though, with me being a Packers fan, Aaron Rodgers wins one early in his career. Then, you know, 2014, you're like, okay, he can win. He has plenty of time. Then, 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 and then, and then, and then, like, you know, you're 12 years later after his career's over in Green Bay, you're like, damn, we kind of let one slip away. So let's just hope it's not Madden there you can finally get one done. Like you said, we have a plenty more of opportunities. Uh, Kovac, coming right back to you, then we'll go around the room. What's just one other takeaway, not JD and not uh, Chris Madden related that you took away from Eldora?
1: Well, I have to mention the racetrack. I mean, that was really... Uh, you know disappointing obviously for everyone I mean even you could you could tell after that race when that that race locks down for the last 60 laps I mean they had a restart but that at one caution you know like a little bit after halfway they were already single file restart whenever single file restart you know it is locked down hard Um, and and that just like that was a that was a buzz kill you know that race you could feel it at the end it wasn't as much I mean I think Davenport winning once again. I mean, that kind of took a little bit of the, you know, the intensity, electricity out of it. But still, it wasn't quite the same as, as you would usually see after a race. It, people were a little bit like, "Wow, man, that wasn't that wasn't what we wanted for um What the problem was, I mean, there was some talk that it could be tires. I mean, throwing that thirty uh, allowed him to run the thirty in the mix rather than just twenties and forties. Maybe that did. I mean, like I know a guy like Dale McDowell mentioned that. Um, it's been dry at Eldora. Is it the way they, uh, you know, prepared the track? I mean, it just wasn't, didn't get enough, you know, moisture down in it. Um, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things, but I mean, we can't have that happening all the time. There's, uh, there, you don't want crown jewel races to, to become, uh, uh, you know, single file for more than half the race and, and, and no drama there. Uh, and, and, you know, coming in, uh, hopefully they get this right but man coming going to that dirt track world championship in october there are going to be a lot of cars there i mean they're talking don't, about over 100 steel blocks that. 100, 100 yeah. modifieds there could be 40 or 50 Eldor that's a lot of cars and that's crown jewel races don't have that many cars in other divisions or that many divisions uh normally so that that's that's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of laps on that racetrack so um you have to figure something I mean the sun'll go down earlier in October than it does in June, but man, yeah it's like we you you we hope every we go back to the world one hundred we see improvements, so we're not worried about that dirt track world championship with all those race cars, yeah,
0: one of the things uh that I left away from that was the Josh rice and mason Ziegler uh they gave each other I don't think they gave each other thank you cards after that night uh those two were elbows up duking it out for a while there then finally josh rice i think said had enough of uh those two beating and banging and kind of went up there and took out uh took out mason Ziegler, and he had to work on his race car fix the rear end he had a great run as well but that crowd reaction to it you can hear them over the you can hear them over the cars because i'm sitting on the front stretch there in victor lane by ben shelton where they do the interviews and you can't really see the tv board as much and, you know, you see Josh Rice going into it, and you're like, okay, this probably isn't going to end good. And you just hear the whole crowd go bananas, uh, both sides of the race teams. Thought maybe it was their fault, their pointing fingers, stuff like that. Uh, a crew guy that will not be named, I guess he probably doesn't care, threw a green, green Gatorade or green Powerade bottle at Josh Rice a- afterwards. But, uh, I don't know, it was one of the more exciting moments of the weekend. Probably those two guys didn't really like it as much, but – did you get that crowd reaction, them going bananas? Uh, that felt like a vintage Eldora moment there. And then, you know, obviously, those first 35 laps as well in that feature, they were awesome. I mean, I was i was getting ready to tweet, this is awesome. And thank goodness I didn't because then everybody would have blamed me, you know, for that, you know, for the last 60 laps. But all in all, that was like the one takeaway I got was just the fans going crazy. And it just felt like a vintage Eldora moment, when, you know, in that feature when Josh Rice and Mason Ziegler got into it. Um Robert Holman what's the one thing you took away from Eldora here other than the ones we mentioned so far?
2: I just look at uh I look at it in the grand scheme of things and kind of historically speaking have we seen in our sport the last of of a, an underdog winning a race like that? And when I say an underdog everybody shows up there with the same equipment and stuff for the most part, but everybody doesn't have the same technology all the time everybody doesn't have the same help and everybody doesn't has the same budget uh so have the last time i would cons- consider an underdog winning maybe at eldora was was maybe john blankenship's world 100 in 2013 so you know but then are we ever going to see a matt miller type or uh, you know or a, a steve case bolt Are we going to see one of a guy like that win again in, in one of these big races at eldora you look back at the history of, of Eldora over the last decade and it's pretty much been heavy hitters, you know, it's been the best of the best. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You want, you expect the best of the best to win when, when it's a race like that. But uh, you know, but I, I wonder if if this race has just gotten so big, not so big that the sport itself has gotten so kind of out of control that a that an underdog I don't think can come in there and win again like they used to. Now, had Josh Rice been able to pull it off, yeah, I think that would have been fit that category. Had had Mason Ziegler been able to stay up there, yeah. Although he's ran good there, uh that would definitely I think have fit that that category. So, so maybe there's hope, you know, but these guys, these guys run good, but they they just don't aren't able to finish it off like the best of the best are. So uh, that's kind of, I guess, one thing that stuck out to me and made me just say, I wonder what if.
0: That's a good point, Robert. I just think with the new format and not going to qualifying and inverting six right away, that it, it's less likely to happen. Um, You know, the read like JD won the points and he drew a three, but if you're doing the qualifying, you have a bad lap you're out of the top six in your heat race automatically because you're not racing your way in like that. Or, you know, you're guaranteed to start six if you're one of the fast qualifiers. And that, you know, a lot more things can happen there where maybe you get third or fourth. Maybe you make the show, you get second instead of first. So there's a lot of different variables when you do the three-day three format. So I think it's going to be a lot harder for an underdog, like you said, to win. Now will we have chances um, that maybe some somebody can for sure? But I think it's less, less likely now with the three-day format um kyle mcfadden what about you one more final thing about Eldor? then we'll do one more thing
3: yeah i just kind of want to piggyback off of what robert said too i noticed that you know mason Ziegler, you know leading you know the first 25 laps there i mean you know the last time that i mean there's only four like regional drivers you know if you want to classify them as that 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 race regionally predominantly not on the road traveling in that feature you know is, Mason Ziegler, he was fifth. Carson Ferguson, he was 12th. Uh, we'll put Dale McDowell as, uh, I guess, you know, in that category with the national travelers. But, you know, Josh Rice, 19th, and then Dustin Sorensen, you know, 26th. So four of those 26 starters, you know, were basically regional guys. And every everyone else we we see up and down the road on the outlaws and um, on the Lucas Oil series, but no, it was just refreshing to, you know, see Ziegler out in front early, you know, leading laps. I think he was the first driver since what, uh, Jason Jameson, uh, in, uh, 2018, who wasn't a national touring guy, you know, lead laps at the dream. So, um, you know, that was refreshing too, to see. And, and, um, you know, maybe we'll see it again, as Robert said, in terms of a regional guy and not a national standout. Um, you know, win the dream, but then also too, you know, Ziggler's not far removed from his Lucas Oil Series run a few years ago. So, I mean, we know he's capable. Um, he hasn't done it yet, but um, yeah, that was kind of the one thing that stood out to me too. And hopefully, it happens again. Um, but I think we're growing more distant as the years go on from those times. And the stats show that that is evident. So, yeah.
0: Or Yeah, like you said, uh, I'm just looking at, like, Friday's qualified results. You have, like, Michael Brown, Coast, Carson Hosovar, um, EPJ, you know, Josh Rice was up there, uh, Joseph Joyner, guys like that that – could be considered underdog type. They're qualifying faster, but then obviously they'd be inverting six. Just a whole bunch of different scenarios. But we'll wait and see. At this point, I think if anybody else wins, they're going to be an underdog if it's not J.D. or Overton. But my goodness, they've just been absolutely dominant there since the fall of 2019. Um, all right, one more thing. I'm going to go first. I want to give a shout-out to the man uh, who got me into racing, took me to racing, that got me so fired up growing up. At a young age, to go to all these events. Uh, My dad turned 65, Sludge Nation. Uh, Just want to give my dad a shout out for a man who's definitely one of the reasons I'm in this industry today. Uh, Without him uh, going to races and enjoying them with his friends and family, then who knows where I'd be at. So I got to give a shout out to the man that got me involved in racing as a fan, uh, Mike Kessinger, aka Sludge Kovac. Big day for him, 65. And uh, you just see him, you love when you see him walking around the pits. Hanging out, wearing his turbo shirt, or some other guy he
1: likes. He's he's in the mix. I loved it down there, East Bay. You know, he come down there all by himself, and man, I saw him at Booms over there by the trailer. He looked like a car owner or something, a big sponsor. And then he's like, you know, then he's in Victory that. Lane with guys. He's all over the place. Everybody loves Sludge. Happy birthday to Sludge! So, like, I do my right, own thing now too. I go right into that. Okay, I'll, uh, I'm just mentioning this weekend is, uh, is Smoky Mountains Mountain. Uh, you know what they call Mountain Moonshine Classic or whatever whatever it is. Uh, fifty thousand dollar win Lucas Oil Series race. The the big thing there is it's going to be the first time for super late models on that uh three eighths mile smaller track now that uh Roger Sellers uh reduced the uh, the big size of uh of of Smoky Mountain to. I mean all the r- early races kind of were rained out. They were playing like a World of Outlaw show back in the early spring. So, uh, there's a little extra intrigue, uh, around this race. I looked at the weather today. It looks like it's getting nicer for the weekend there. There was a chance of, uh, uh, a the longer forecast had shown some rain, a lot of, a lot of chances of rain over the, over the whole week. And now it looks like that's clearing up good. So it could be a, a you know, a good weekend there at Smoky mountain. Let's hope for that. And let's, uh, let's, I'm anxious to see everyone is really to see how that, tra- that new track, that new uh, layout races. Yeah, let's hope they have
0: a good weekend. Another $50,000 win race for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series there at Smoky Mountain Reconfigure. We'll check it out. Robert Holman, how about you?
2: Yeah, let's, you know, this news <clears throat> kind of dropped, uh, I guess, the day that our podcast came out last week. So it's kind of a week old, but it's still interesting in the fact that uh, the Lucas, speaking of Lucas Oil Series, they're not going to go back to uh, West Virginia Motor Speedway and make up that, uh, that race. That uh, that was canceled, that was rained out or whatever uh, a week or so ago. So I think it's interesting that 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 decision, I guess, you know, the schedules crowded and, uh, you know, a lot of drivers didn't really want to go back anyway. I don't think Uh, so. I think it's interesting to just kind of keep an eye on West Virginia Motor and see what's going to happen there. I think and I've written about this before. I love the facility. It's the track is too big. I mean, let's just say it is what it is. It's not too big. Don't get me wrong. It's not too big for everyone. It's too big for the general racer. It's too big for the average racer. It's, and, and there are a lot of average racers out there that would make up a starting field at a track like that uh, if, it, if it wasn't that big. So, and you look at the Lucas Oil guy, they got like, what, 15, 16 guys? It, it helps to have another 12, 14 guys show up to make out a field. And they just don't want to come to a track that big. It's hard on equipment so on and so forth. So I think it's interesting that they did choose not to go back there and we should keep an eye on what they do in the future. Uh, And so that's my one more thing. Also dirt car, summer national start Wednesday. I'll be there. Let's uh, let's go. Let's get it on. It's hard to believe it's here already.
0: The hell tour kicks off tonight at Peoria Kyle McFadden batting cleanup. What do you got for us?
2: Yeah. You know, I'm out and about
3: on the Appalachian mountain speed week beat this week and uh you know bedford fairgrounds speedway they got two races on thursday friday and then it's off to lincoln uh this the 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 sprint car track in abbottstown pennsylvania hosting late models on saturday and then Sealands grove to round out the eight race series on sunday all races on flow racing i'll be there we've got stories coming out left and right you know from appalachian mountain speed week and then uh, robert is now hopping on the hell tour beat here to get us it on that and so uh we're full going you know it's uh it's full bore so um plenty of racing to be had so make sure to check out all the coverage so
0: also shout out to hudson o'neill who won a hundred thousand dollars on monday night at kokomo and a very for interesting sure race for sure a late yeah. charging yeah. Bobby pierce and uh, Brandon Shepard, who thinks Kokomo should host the World 100 in his post-race interview. Yeah, so I, I got that, that too, yeah. And Ryan Unzicker, fourth. That was a good run for him as well. Um, either way, Summer Nationals kicks off tonight. Lucas Oil, $50,000 a win this weekend at Smoky Mountain. We'll have uh, coverage for both. We'll have coverage for MAMS. We'll have live uh, regional shows as well at Flow Racing. Be sure to check out the great content on Dirt on Dirt and Flow. Great articles coming out this week as we kick off some great racing every single day from now until pretty much the end of July. Uh, Until next week, this is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching.